Well, hello there. What a pleasure it is to see you tuning in once again to our little breakfast radio show. Uh, honestly, I'm surprised so many of you have turned up, especially after last week. Uh, but we will go on to that uh, all in good time. Until then, let me wish you a good morning from Radio 6. Oh, and uh, the jingle. Uh, we may have lost the recording due to some technical issues. So I have got myself a kazoo. And I will be doing the theme tune for today. So let's go. address the slight elephant in the room, uh, that being the potential different feel of this week's episode. I thought that, uh, well, after everything that happened, uh, well, what I mean to say is um, we are having a few technical difficulties at the moment. Uh, as I'm sure you remember last week, we took a little bit of a risky move and invited one of our frequently phoning in guests, Dalton Percival Menjum... Thingies, something like that. Uh, anyway, the big D. Uh, wait, no, I, I can't call him that either. Uh, anyway, sir, Dalton. Uh, good old Dalton, our most frequent caller, uh, which I must admit does make me question the number of callers we actually get uh, calling in. <laughs> no, I'm sure it's fine. Uh, anyways, Dalton believes he could help out our other caller of the day, uh, Jonathan, by performing the first of which we know of. Uh, communication with the sleep demon live on air. And I mean, for the most part, I, I think it went rather well. Our recording equipment did seem to go a bit on the fritz during the part when Dalton began to talk uh, via said demon. Or should I say, demon started to talk via him. Anyways, I've actually got a few comments about that I will get onto shortly. And actually, maybe that's a good little segue I could take to our main crux of today's show. As we're still having a little bit of an upside down turn around with our equipment. Well, really, it keeps just cutting out and going all fuzzy. And while we get that fixed in time for next week's show, the plan for this week is to go over some of the questions you've been asking. Now, as a change, Caroline is not in the studio with me today, but hopefully I'll be able to get hold of her later, as a few of these questions are for her. Uh, now, one more thing, of course, there are no phone-ins this, uh, this week. A lot of people have been saying that our phone line is sending them through to strange voice messages. Uh, so again, we are working on getting that fixed ASAP, ready for next week. Until then, you can only reach us by either emailing us at welcome to radio 6 at geo.com or using hashtag GMRadio6 on Twitter. Now, this is quite a bit exciting as I've made a brand new jingle to go along with this bit. So give it a listen and see what you think. It's Questions of the Week. Down, that's the fantastic way to start our major section of the week. <laughs> right, let us jump right into our first question. And now this was emailed by a Mrs. Sarah Darlington. Sarah asks, why did you decide to make this radio show? Well, Sarah, that is a great question to start off with. Well, we here at Radio 6 started this show so we could tell some of the true stories of hauntings in and around Aberystwyth in Wales, which is where we are currently based. We've always envisioned it being this uh, great way to ease people into scary stories, but have it in a light-hearted way. 
we want to tell these true stories, but not to an extent where no one is brave enough to listen. <laughs> uh, also, on top of that, uh, we uh, had this plan months before the um, certain events that meant everyone was inside all the time. I mean, a lot of these stories would benefit from some on-location tours. If we go to the places in these stories, we have the chance of seeing the things reported for ourselves. And if we see them, well, then we can solve them. But that's the plan. I mean, we can't actually go to any of these places at the moment, but I'm sure that will change. Don't know when, but uh, yeah, we will get you those answers. Okay, moving on to our second question. Who are you? I'm, I'm Giles Phillips. I present the show. Of course, you know, Caroline, she reports the news and the weather as long as we have to get hold of her. And finally, we have our, our producer. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. As I said, we're still having some technical difficulties regarding our recording equipment. Again, I apologise. Let's move on from that, shall we? Uh, question number three. Here's one comes from Twitter. It asks, when is the mailman coming back? Alright, listen here, I've said this before and I'll say it again. I don't control the phone-ins. If I did, we never would have had that damned mole story in the first place. Please, for the love of all that is holy, will you guys let the mole story go? Vinny or whatever his name was, is clearly off his rocker, chattering on about some sort of post-apocalyptic 2034 world with some sort of hyper-intelligent mole race that owned an underground human slave trade. Look, if hearing the rest of the story will stop you lot messaging in every week, then fine, we'll try to get Vinny back, but only... Only if you promise to stop mentioning the moles. Right, straight back to the questions we go. Uh, Janet Wheelie asks, Where did the phrase keep ghouling come from? Are you aware that ghouling isn't a real word? You've got to admit, keep ghouling sounds pretty fun. Uh, no, I can't, can't say that on air. Uh, okay, Janet, that's technically a few different questions there. Starting with the first one, which is about where our little catchphrase, keep ghouling, came from. So for those who don't know, because you somehow don't listen to the end of the episodes, keep ghouling is what we say here at Radio 6 when we're signing off on the episode. Now, if you want the truth of where it came from, well, I... I'm going to say, uh, okay, I made it up on the spot. I knew that the most popular shows had sign-off lines, so I panicked and said the most related to ghost things that I could think of there and then. I did kind of forget that we went out live and it would have looked shoddy to change it in future episodes, so now we're stuck with it. But you know what I say? We're going to own it. So, listeners, keep going. Oh, sorry, it's, uh, hold on, it's Mr. Producer. Hello? Yeah, I'm, I'm on air right now. I've got the great listeners of Good Morning Radio 6 tucked up and ready for another great half an hour about, uh, of ghoulish business. Yeah, yeah, just, just go through the questions now. Yes, I, I answered one about the Mole Man, and no, before you ask, I haven't got back in contact with him. No, fine, I'll, I'll do it later. Now. I can't do it now, for starters, the phone lines are down, and second, I'm live on air right now. Uh, you, you've done what? Rerouted the office phone to my mobile. You just wanted to check I had it turned on. Well, you see, I have very low signal, real 
drop signal. I can hardly hear you. Yeah, breaking up all the time. It's just no good. Uh, I just won't be able to take any calls. Uh, yeah, just going to have to skip that bit. Uh. Oh. Okay, well, I mean, I do need this job. Okay. Yes, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the calls. Fine. Okay, see you later. Bye. Right, I suppose when we ask some more questions, we best wait for a first caller. Now, I'm sure everyone at home is excited for this, as I am. Whoop, whoop. Yay. Well, let's not beat around the bush. Let's get our first caller. I've uh, just got to wait for my mobile to ring. Don't actually know how long this is going to take. I assume they would have someone lined up ready. Okay, I'm starting to feel I might have overestimated how ready they were for this section of the show. <laughs> uh, I think I think we might just move on for now. Uh, well, while we wait for our first call-in, why don't we have uh, another few more quick questions? Uh, so this one simply says, Do you have any tales to tell? Well, actually, I do have a few tales to tell. Uh, let's have a think. I'll go for one in particular that happened to me earlier this year. Uh, I would say f February time? Yeah, February. Uh, it was late into the evening. A cold and dark February evening. I'll set the scene, shall I? During the day, I had been doing some work up at Aberystwyth University. For those who don't know, Aberystwyth University sits atop of Penglice Hill. Up at the top of the University in the National Library of Wales. And from there, you can look down and see the whole of Aberystwyth stretching out below you. Now, there are two main ways you can walk back from campus. You can walk along the main road along the hill. Or you can take the back route. Now the back route goes down past the National Library, down a rocky and rugged path through a field of sheep, and down this sort of little winding hill. It's all completely dark, no streetlights there at all. It's pitch black, and that day I had the tiniest torch, the most pathetic little thing I had ever owned. It hardly gave off any light at all. Just enough so I could shine it on the floor, so I didn't step in any dog poo and such like. It flickers a lot and it's pretty dim. You have to sort of shake it to make sure it keeps going. Bash it a few times against your hand to make sure it actually stays on, that sort of thing. Anyways, it was around 6.30 in the evening, I think, by the time we set off. The sky was cloudy and dark. It was near impossible to see further than a few feet ahead. And that's with the help of a not exactly powerful torch. And I'm walking slowly down the first part of the hill. And that's all fine. I don't meet anyone. I don't see anything. When you reach the bottom, there's this small wooden gate. 
So I open that and it creaks so incredibly loudly, shattering any peace in the night air. At this point you turn right, what, ten or so meters, and the road you want to cross is there in front of you. However, when you exit this gate and look left, there's a door that seems to go into the rock face in a little alcove. It's pitch black and I'm walking home and I get to the gate, open it, and I step out. I turn to walk towards the road and I freeze. I can just feel like there's something there. I'm not there by myself. I'm in the situation where you think, do I, do, do I want to turn around? Do I really want to look behind me right now? What if when I turn around and shine my torch into that little alcove with the door, there's something there? What if I turn around, shine this torch in the doorway, see something, and the torch goes out, then I'm in pitch black. I'm close enough to the road and the company of street lamps. I could run to them, but more than likely I'd slip on the rocks going there. So I'm standing there and thinking, do I go forward? Do I just walk to the road and ignore the feeling completely? Do I turn around and look? You start thinking if there is something there, they might not have seen me. You don't want to make any sound, but you're on gravel at this point. And the whole time, I've got this feeling as if something is looking at me. And so, I didn't look. I walked straight, I went to the road, walked along to the crossing, pressed the button, and I waited. I waited for that light to go green so that I could cross all that time. In the corner of my eye, I can see where the door is. The light goes for green for me to cross, and I... Cross. Unfortunately, the next part of my route takes me straight through a graveyard. Now, I could go around the graveyard, add an extra 20 minutes to half an hour to the walk back home. It's cold, I'm hungry, and it's late already, so I don't really want to do that. I'm going straight through the graveyard, well, it's in a couple of minutes. But the problem is, it's also pitch black. Street lights. Nothing. Not even the moon to shine down as it's dim behind the clouds. So I start walking forward. I can't even see the end of the pathway. My torch isn't much helping, and the trees seem to loom even larger this late at night. The first part of the graveyard, it's just a straight road. Just past someone's house on the left and a small brick shelter on the right. No, you cannot see what's in that shelter till you're right by it. No idea if there's someone or something in that shelter. I mean, muckings are not exactly frequent occurrences in Aberystwyth. In fact, has a very low crime rate, but you just have that instinct when something doesn't feel right. So I'm creeping along slowly, and on the floor there are these berries that fall off the trees, and they cover it. You never really want to step in any of those and get them on the shoes, it's like, it's not disgusting, it's just my time experience. <laughs> that awful stench of them was filling my nose as I kept my torch shining on the floor to avoid stepping on these berries. As you pass the house on the left, the gravestones start to pop up. And in front of you is the centre of the graveyard. And there stands one solitary tree. The path goes around the tree both sides and down through an alcove of thicker trees, like an archway. 
Then all the way down. It gets darker and darker. Till right at the very end is a gate. When you open, you step out onto a road and it's done. And it's fully lit all the way back from there. So I'm walking slowly, carefully, with my torch shining on the floor, and I come to the shelter. I try not to look, but in the corner of my eye, I can see my dim torch shining inside as the shadows slowly recede away. Hesitantly, I turn my head towards it. I look. And it's... Oh, for right then, folks, looks like we've got our first caller. Let me just answer it. Right, hello, you're live on Good Morning from Radio 6. This week to Giles, can I ask who I'm speaking to today? It's Caroline. Don't you have my number saved in your phone? Caroline, why are you phoning me? I haven't heard of you in nearly a week. We just assumed you weren't available for this week's show. I was on a yoga retreat. I was disconnected from all technology. For the good of my soul. Had to realign my chakras. The phone's placement inside my flat was disturbing the essential feng shui flow to the surrounding aura. It unsettled the energy forces, making it difficult for me to harmonise with my surroundings. Right. Okay. Do you harmonise with your surroundings anyway? Well, the first and most significant step is to position your most important object in a commanding position towards the house's mouth of chi. So things like your own bed, any desks, your sofa, all need to be facing directly at the door, or failing that, facing a mirror that reflects your door so it reflects the mouth of the chi at your objects. You know, I kind of wish that I hadn't started this conversation. Then, to make sure that the energy enters your house via your mouth of chi, you must activate your front door. Uh, Caroline, that's great. But uh, could we possibly to move... activate your door, you must wait till a day where there is a new moon. Then between 11am and 1pm, take a newly purchased black pen, a sheet of red paper, and write down nine wishes. Then... Read the list out loud, sign it, and place it inside a red envelope. Stick the envelope above the front door, then every time you walk through, you are helping the energy pass through your mouth of cheese, which in turn invokes the energy of these wishes, allowing them to manifest in your life. I, uh, yeah. Why between 11am and 1pm? Oh, they're the most yang hours of the day. Oh, yeah, of course. How can I forget the most yang hours of the day? Well, <laughs> Caroline, whilst I've got you here, do you fancy answering a few of the questions our great listeners have for you? Oh, I'd love to. Sounds super duper fun. Well, that's what I like to hear. Well, this first question for you, Caroline, comes from a Henry Bradshaw. Henry asks, where do you find the news stories? Hi, Henry. That's a really good question. Thank you. So, Caroline, do you have an answer for Henry? Oh, sure. 
if you'd like. Oh yes, that is kind of the idea of asking you the question, hoping you would give an answer. Well, in that case, Henry, I can tell you I find all the news stories on the internet, usually on news sites. Hope that helps. I mean, uh, I can't argue with that. Uh, not sure it was the sort of answer we were looking for. Uh, you know what, uh, why don't we just say bye to Caroline and get on with the show? I mean, I'm here now. Why don't you just ask me another one? Well, I don't think we have to... Come on, I'm ready for another question. Well, the time really is getting on it. Ask me a question. <laughs> okay, um, right, a uh, question. Uh, okay, I don't actually understand this one. Might as well ask it anyway. I haven't really got anything else. Uh, Gwen Wheeler wants to know, well, she says, uh, Caroline, what's the full length and what sort of level of scuff is it at? 86 inches, and it's well used. Had to be scrubbed down a few times with strong disinfectant, so it's faded a little, but still good enough for house parties. Well, I think that's all we have time for for Caroline today. Thanks for phoning up. It was my absolute pleasure. I hope Okay, bye, I... Caroline. <laughs> Right, well, wasn't it just lovely to hear from Caroline today? Uh, what an unexpected surprise! Uh, but with that done, let's continue with today's story, shall we? Uh... <clears throat> so, I'm walking slowly, carefully, with my torch shining on the floor. And I come to the shelter. I try not to look, but in the corner of my eye, I can see my dim torch shining inside as the shadows slowly recede away. Hesitantly, I turn my head towards it. I look. And it's empty. <laughs> I think it's over. I'm being paranoid. So I put in my headphones, get my phone up, listen to some Elkie Brooks. All is good. I'm nearing the end of the graveyard. Or at least just that last stretch. Just that last stretch to go. I'm still shining my torch down on the ground so it's not a step in any berries or dog poo. It shines dimly on someone's feet walking towards me. I keep going, focused on the floor, and the dim beam of my torchlight, the legs of the person walking towards me, comes into view. Now I don't want to walk into them, so I slowly lift my torch up, being careful not to shine it directly at their face, as I don't want to blind them or panic them. My eyes follow the torch. I'm ready to give a small smile as a gesture of acknowledgement, step out of their way and such. As I lift my torch up, as the beam of light shines where the person should be, it shines on nothing. It's the alcove of trees that seem to tunnel in around me. I abruptly came to a stop. I definitely saw a person, so... Where are they? There's no way they could have walked past me, so they must have still been ahead of me. There are a lot of thick bushes and trees that span across each side of the path, an easy place for someone with malicious intentions to hide. Again, that instinct kicks on inside you. Am I going to get mugged? If I keep walking forward, will someone jump out and attack me? I have to be ready to run. I could turn back, but then I would no longer be facing where they were, and I would have to go back past that horrible shelter again. And every moment that night seemed to be getting darker. In fact, I'd probably be more vulnerable if they had a torch to shine at where they could be, even if they wouldn't exactly achieve much. So I walk forward. The trees start to surround me. 
Once you've walked past them, they open up and you can see all around. And that's where I thought, if anywhere, I would see what was hiding from me. I was ready to run. That's what I told myself. For all I knew, I could freeze on the spot like a rabbit in headlights, too terrified to even move. My heart raced in my chest. I could feel the sweat running down my arms. I tried not to shake. The tree slowly came to an end as the graveyard opened up around me. Slanted marble and stone like crooked teeth bursting through a moss-covered gun. And there was nobody there. It was empty. I was alone, well, for what I could tell. The music from my headphones still blared in my ears so I couldn't hear if anybody was rustling around in the bushes or running away. Or creeping slowly towards me. I didn't want to take my headphones out because I didn't particularly want to hear anybody. I didn't hang about. I promptly walked out of that graveyard, crossed over the road, and came back to my flat. That moment is my most recent ghost experience. That wasn't exactly the biggest of things to have happened, uh, and it's not like the most grand ghostly experience you may have expected. Uh, however, the question you really should be asking is, uh, if anything, do my family have any tales to tell? I guess the answer is yes on that one. Um, just if you were wondering. I mean, I could go into some of them if you like. I mean, not like now, but you know, soon? Okay, if you want to hear some of the stories that my family have to tell, why don't you email us at welcometoradio6gm.com or use hashtag gmradio6 on Twitter to let us know and even share some tales of your own. Why not, eh? Okay, as we head to the last part of the show, why don't we have a few more questions? Honestly, not really sure what else to do. So questions, questions, questions. Right, here's one from a Jillian Mahoney. Jillian asks, because the audio seemed to cut out and go a bit wibbly-wobbly last episode, could you possibly tell us what the name of the demon is? Ah, so this refers to our previous episode where we got a frequent caller, Dalton, to channel the voice of a sleep demon. You know how it goes. And yes, I will admit, hearing the recording back, the name does seem to be a little distorted, so I might as well tell you again. The name of the demon was... Are you got to be shitting me. <sighs> Fine. Uh, hi, you've made it onto Good Morning from Radio 6. I'm Giles. Can I ask who I'm speaking to? It is I, Dalton Percival Magnetonis Porik. Mount Gitlington. How? How? How did you get through again? Seriously, there's no one else following this damn show. It's wonderful to hear from you again, Giles. I see you are keeping yourself in high spirits, if you will pardon the choice of phrasing. Yes, Dalton, I'm doing fine. Trying to keep the show afloat. Your little stunt last week left us a little high and dry without any working equipment and a severely scarred fan base. In fact, all we've had is bad luck since last week, so I might as well check. You didn't exactly curse us, did you? I'm not going to wake up in the middle of the night with a small doll wearing a Victorian dress sitting at the end of my bed, am I? I'm sorry? Are you saying you're being haunted by a doll? No, it's just a thing, isn't it? Scary dolls, possessed children, evil goats, classic horror stuff. Yeah. Well, if you do see her, then please get in contact with me. During the power outage that occurred whilst we had our little demon communication, the electronic lock on her case fritzed out, allowing her and a few other objects to roam free. I have a suspicion that as you are a frequent voice over the radio in our house, she might gravitate to you. Don, what the bleeding hell are you on about? Sorry, I should explain. I collect objects 
of a certain spiritual persuasion. Much like the Warrens, I have amassed a certain museum-sized assemblage of haunted and possessed objects, and a doll believed to be that of a malicious intent has decided to vacate her confinement in pursuit of more open surroundings. Hold on, so you're saying you just have a house full of haunted objects, including a possible murderous doll, and you didn't think to, I don't know, not get rid of it? Or have some sort of holy water moat surrounding it? Now, now, my dear chap, I never said she was murderous. She just has some ill intent. Just if she does turn up, don't take your eyes off her. Contact me, and for the love of all that is holy, don't sing to her. What is... Would that call something bad? Well, normally singing calms her down. Well, good singing does. I just have a feeling it would be safer if you didn't try. And you sing, I can't sing. I'd say just don't take the risk. Right, thanks, Dalton. <laughs> Anyways, why did you phone? Oh yes, of course. Just a quick reminder to stop saying the blasted demon's name. Every time you do, you summon the thing, and I have to perform the ritual to keep it at bay. Now, every time you say it, it gets stronger, so it is harder to contain. Oh. Okay. Uh, right, I'm really sorry about that. Uh, but thanks for keeping it under control? Quick question, if it did escape... If you couldn't contain it, what would happen? He would most likely latch himself onto you and drain your very life essence while forcing you to destroy those around you that you love until you either go insane or he gets bored and rips out your insides and moves on to the next victim. Duly noted. No more demon saying. Well, uh, thanks for calling in, Dalton. I hope you're holding up well. And he's hung up on me. What a strange, strange man. Anyways, oh, oh, what do you look at the time? It's come to the end of our show. I really do hope that you've enjoyed yourself today. As always, if you have any insider knowledge, then... Wow, okay, that's starting to become a common occurrence. Um, hello, you've made it through to Giles on Good Morning from Radio 6. Giles, it's me, Alex. I'm not so surprised, but you do seem to have a bit of a habit of phoning in as the show ends. Listen, mate, I don't have a lot of time. Showing that document around, I made a big mistake. Oh, what mistake would that be, then? Showing around, that's the big mistake. I was all like, once I pass it on, it's gone, no more worries. But what I didn't think was all those people I sent it to, they're going to have to pass it on to 40 more people as well. Then it just spreads like a plague, infecting thousands upon thousands of inboxes with this dangerous as shit file. Dude, just don't share it on. I know who sent it in the first place. Hold on, you know who sent it to you? Where it all started? I've got a buddy of mine to help me track out the address it came from. And from that, who sent it? Alex, who sent it? Who wants this file to go out to as many people as possible? Okay, so, you got to trust me. This may seem nuts, but they... Oh, shit. I've got to go. Listen, Giles, stop sharing that file or they're going to come after you like they did me. Make sure no one reads that file. Uh, Alex, what's going on? Are you okay? Who's there? Trust me. Stop sharing the file. 
Alex, are you there? Alex? Damn. I don't think she's all right. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I uh, I really do hope you've enjoyed yourself today, listeners. As always, if you have any insider knowledge on any of the tales we've told today or any tales to tell yourself, please contact us via email at welcome to radio 6 at gmail.com or use hashtag GMRadio6 on Twitter. And as we end another show, let me wish you well. I'll see you next time. Keep ghouling. That was Good Morning from Radio 6, Episode 4, starring Peter Collins, Daisy Robson Bailey, Louise Barker Morgan, and Dalton. Good Morning from Radio 6 was written by Peter Collins with additional material by members of the cast. It was an independent production. 